a firm foundation. We will not be shaken. Determined to worship him, to sing a hallelujah, even during the storm and singing it louder because it's stormy. Um, that's what we do. That's what we do because our Lord is worthy of it. Father, we pray that you be with us as we continue. Pray, Lord, that as I share some scriptures, share from my heart, Lord, that these would not just simply be words from my heart, but from you through my heart, Lord. I pray, God, that you would just have your way in each heart that is here. Lord, I would pray that as a result of this time together, Lord, that every person in this room would be more convinced than ever before of the reality of your faithfulness toward your people. Oh God, you are so faithful. We thank and praise you because of it. Lord, have your way with us now, Lord, we pray. We do love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there are so many scriptures that speak about the faithfulness of God and you, know, you can do a word search on your Bible program that you have or go to your Blue Letter Bible or whatever and put in the word faithful and, and find a lot of scriptures. But there's a lot of scriptures that don't even have the word faithful in it that speak of God's faithfulness toward us. So, so many. And I could spend the next 25 minutes just, just reading those verses and we would run out of time. You know, we, we really would. So I'm only going to do that for the next 15 minutes. No, I'm just playing with you. Um, I want to begin with this one, 2 Timothy 2, verse 13. In the context there, we see the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, and let's remember that 2 Timothy is the last letter that Paul wrote that we have a record of, the last letter he wrote that we have in the New Testament. Uh, we see later on in the in in the in the letter toward the end of it, he sees, he writes about how he's he is going to be offered, uh, and uh, he probably had about six months to live or so after he wrote this particular letter. But here in the second chapter of Second Timothy, uh, we we see him quoting uh, um, some verses from a poem that was written that often would, would be read in the church, maybe a song that they would sing. Uh, I don't want to read the entire thing, but in verse 13 we see the last stanza of that poem or song. And he wrote this, If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. The first thing that strikes me there is that and a great, it brings me a great deal of relief to know that God's faithfulness is, is not predicated on mine. Aren't you guys glad about that? If I'm faithless, he still remains faithful. 
You know why? Because he cannot deny himself. It's another way of saying he cannot be who or what he is not. And he has to always be exactly who and what he is. Faithfulness is one of those things, but faithful itself is a word that tells us that in itself. He always is faithful. He cannot be unfaithful. And every other attribute that we may give to God, no, that's the wrong way of putting that. We don't give God attributes. He has attributes that we understand that we learn from reading the scriptures. And guys, this, see, this is one of the reasons why it is so, so vitally important for us to be in the Word of God, because we learn who God is. And over the course of time, we can talk about our church, 30 years, 30 years of faithfulness. My very good friend Chuck Woolley is here this morning. Glad you're here, bro. Welcome. Um, he pastors, uh, amen, he pastors uh, Calvary Chapel, the bridge out in Cathedral City, and they recently celebrated their 50th anniversary as a church. And you're sitting there thinking, you know, he looks older, but not that old. <laughs> 50 years. We can talk about marriages. My wife and I celebrated our 51st a few months ago. Others in this room have celebrated a number of years of marriage. God's faithfulness. God's faithful. Anything we do as followers of Christ, anything that becomes prolonged and sustained is because God is faithful. But see, He's faithful to always be who He is. We can't just leave it at He's faithful, but when we say He always has to be exactly who and what He is, well, who and what is He? That's why we read the Word of God. You know, and we don't have time to make this a study of, of, of God Himself. I mean, that's a theology book. But through the scriptures, we learn God is love. God is good. God is filled with loving kindness. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's compassionate. He desires our best. He also is just. He's holy. He is righteous. He is always all of those things and so much more. I mean, we, we, we can't get into all that he is here today. But the reason we need to know that is because when a church goes through a tough time, when a marriage goes through a tough time, when a follower of Jesus goes through a tough time, We've got to understand who he is so we can cling to him so that he can be that for us. Amen? 
You guys know the struggle. I mean, I, I shared about Jeanette earlier, and you know the struggle that we're going through right now. That doesn't mean he's not good. He didn't suddenly turn to evil. He's good. And I, 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 I learned from Job. Do we accept the good things from God, but not adversity? Right? God gave us 50 wonderful years together. 50 wonderful years. Amen. You know, and it's like, God is still good. He's still on the throne. He still is sovereign. He still loves me. He still loves my wife. He still loves you. And I don't know exactly what he wants to do through all this. I, I mean, as time goes on, I, I, I get some pictures of it, you know, and he's, he's using this. He is. I was talking with my son the other day, and, and, and uh, I, I mentioned to him about how the Lord is bringing blessing through this. He, he was asking, well, what kind of blessing? And I began to share with him, well, some of the things that I've heard from you guys and just watching us go through this. And, and, you know, I mean, quite frankly, watching me in particular, you know, and it's like, does it hurt? Yes. Does it bother me? Yeah. Do I have questions? A lot of times I do. But I always go back to the reality of who God is. And you know what? Well, he has given us 50 good years together. It's been getting kind of tough. But I'm also looking to the future. I'm looking to the future. Because he gave us 50 wonderful years together in this world. And we're going to be spending eternity together worshiping our Savior. I do Amen. And I do picture... Jeanette and myself in our new glorious bodies, and I'm waiting, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. The older I get, I mean, get up in the morning, because Lord, come quickly, come quickly, you know? But you know what? He is going to come because He said He's going to come. He's faithful, right? I am going to spend eternity in heaven with you guys, but with my wife, we're going to have brand new bodies fitted for eternity, and I see myself side by side with her, worshiping our Savior, serving Him with whatever duties and tasks He's going to give to us, we're going to be there. So, yeah, this is just for a short time, but nothing has changed in the sense of who God is, what He already has done, and what He has for us in the future. That hasn't changed. That's one of His attributes. He doesn't change. So the same God who created the heavens and the earth is at work in our lives today. The same God who is holding the universe together is holding us together today. The same God who delivered Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land is here today in our lives delivering us from the bondages in this world. Same God. He's faithful. He, because He's faithful, and because He is true, you know, reality is, guys, that God, when God says something, when He makes a statement of fact, or gives us a promise, 
I mean, you know, I, I hesitate nowadays to say you can take it to the bank because you can lose it at the bank. <laughs> you guys know where I'm coming from? But you can depend that, is, that it's going to happen. In fact, it cannot not happen because he said it would. Isn't that true? He said it would. So this God has sustained us. He's the one who has caused us to remain together. Fifty, excuse me, 30 years ago today, 30 years ago today, January 7th, 1993, our church began at that first Thursday night Bible study in North Upland on 22nd Street. Um... It was, an, uh, it was an El Nino year, and we were getting a lot of rain that year. But on this particular day was like the worst of them all in terms of the, uh, the amount of rain. By the way, as I'm thinking about this, for those of you who are here today, I just kind of want to take a little, bit of, a little bit of a poll. Um, how many of you here today have been with us at CCU for 20 years or more? Raise your hand. Okay. Amen. Okay, lower your hands. How many have been with us 25 years or more? A little bit fewer. Amen. Okay. How about, let's say, 27 years or more? Okay, it's narrowing down. There's, there, there's five of you here now. One, two, three, six, yeah. 28? Okay, keep your hands up. And when I say the next number, take it down if it doesn't. 29? Look at this. 30. Well, not quite on the first day, but during that first year. Okay, okay. Man. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. So none of you were with us on that Thursday evening. Oh, Charlotte was, but, but she, yeah. Um, it rained so hard that day. I mean, the, the north and south streets in, in the foothill communities, especially, you know, Upland, Claremont, and so forth, I mean, they were, it was a deluge. I mean, they're like rivers running down the street. I remember sitting in my office uh, I, can't, I can't spend too much time, but I'm going to share, share this. I remember sitting in my office. We were there in Ontario on Maple Avenue uh, off of San Antonio. And San Antonio is one of those north and south streets. And it was, I was sitting in my office preparing my, my first Bible study at, you know, this was, we'd, we'd shared for a couple, for a month or so or more that we were going to have a Bible study. We we're going to see what God does and so forth. And I'm thinking God wants to plant a church. You know, that had been in my heart for some time. Jeanette and I had been praying about that. We, we had determined, oh, some months before that we wanted to, to fast. We were fasting every Monday for several months uh, leading, leading into this, seeking the Lord. And, and um, 
we had a team together, a worship leader, a, a, a children's minister. Of course, my wife would be the, was the women's minister. We, we had an administrator. I mean, we, we, we were all set to go. We were going to have a first Bible study. And um, a group of us also, guys, were meeting on Saturday mornings for a period of time praying as well. But um, that Thursday that we had planned for our first um, study was that rainy day. I mean, it was one of those rainy days that, like, it, like rivers fl flowing down. I, I remember that uh, under the San Marino Freeway, the I-10 at Mountain, a man got out of his car and, and, and drowned. You know, he was swept away and he drowned. That kind of an El Nino storm. And I'm sitting there in my office looking out, and I got up and looked out the window, and I see this San Antonio River coming down. And I'm going, Lord, why this today? Well, it cleared off later in the afternoon. It was still kind of drizzling, but, you know, the, the water went south. And we had like 50 people in that house to begin in, in that study, and we knew that a church had been birthed. And it was like two and a half weeks later, we had our first Sunday morning at Upland High School. And then um, two years later, we were here. We were here. Um, God is just so faithful. And, and he brings to us that would cause doubt, cause us to ask questions, and, and then, surprise, surprise, he shows up. <laughs> you know, and it's like, Lord, why did, I, why did I even ask that question? You know, I mean... You guys know what I'm talking about? I mean, we'll, we'll do that. God is faithful. He can't deny himself. He cannot not be himself. He's never beside himself. He just is who he is. He's never surprised. He's sovereign. He knows all things. He's got a plan for you and a plan for me. He's going to stick with it. Whether we do, whether we do or not, we can be faithless, but he's going to be faithful. He can't deny himself. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 89, verses 1 and 2. I've got other verses in that psalm. This is a psalm that speaks of God's faithfulness throughout. But I'm just going to stick with verses 1 and 2 here today because I spoke too long already. Um, not really, I took too much time there with it for that last part. But those first two verses in Psalm 89. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known your faithfulness to all generations. There's a song that we used to sing, that we have sung, that is that first verse. Then verse 2, for I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the very heavens. God must be faithful. 1 John 1, 9, another verse that is an important one for us. If we confess our sins, which we remember, that means if we agree with God about our sins, when he convicts us of our sin and we confess it, what we're doing is, you're right, Lord, I blew it. I sinned there. When we agree with him, so if we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we agree with him with our sins, he is not only faithful, but he is just. Now, when you think about it, forgiveness and justice are two polar opposites. Justice says, I must pay for my sin. Forgiveness says, I'm not going to require it at your hand. But God is faithful and just. So now we see that justice is on our side rather than against us. Why is justice on our side? Because Jesus paid for our sins. Amen? That's why. That's why God can be just and forgiving at the same time. Isn't that cool? And as we give our hearts to Christ, we, we are um, acknowledging that he's the one who paid that price, and we're forever grateful for him that he did. And out of that thankfulness, we live a life of devotion to him because of what he did. We're not required to serve him in the sense of that being a requirement for heaven. But what else can we do for the God who has loved us in that way? But serve him. Obey him. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, Jesus said. It's out of love. And so a failure to do so, a failure to, to obey him, a failure to follow the call that he places on our hearts is, is a way of saying, well, I, I, I really don't love you. That can seem kind of harsh, but I think we need to think those kinds of things through. Yes, he's faithful and just. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24 says, Paul writing here, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, set you apart, complete you, make you holy completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. I may go through a day where I'm not feeling particularly holy. And if I were to ask, are you going to heaven? I can say, absolutely. In fact, God says, he's going to preserve me blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's already been paid for. He is faithful. He will do it. If you've given your heart to Jesus, you're going to heaven. And I'm not saying that we, don't, we shouldn't obey him. I'm not saying we shouldn't follow him. 
I'm not saying we shouldn't adore him, devote our lives to him. Those are all things that we should do. But he saves us based on his grace shown to us through the cross of Jesus Christ. Grace and mercy, love and justice meeting at the cross. He cannot deny himself. A.W. Tozer wrote this. This is the kind of God you're serving. All that God says or does must accord with all of his attributes, including his attribute of faithfulness. Every thought that God thinks, every word that God speaks, every act of God must accord with his faithfulness, wisdom, goodness, justice, holiness, love, truth, and all his other attributes. Always. Something difficult takes place. That's his love. His grace. Well, this doesn't feel very gracious, Lord. Just wait. See how God's going to use this. See what God's going to do with you through this thing. See how he's going to make you more like Jesus because of these things as we cry out to him. That's his grace. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to feel good to be gracious. We kind of think that, well, if it's going to be gracious and loving, it's going to feel good to me, right? No. God's purpose is going to be accomplished. His purpose is that I will be conformed to the image of Christ. Romans 8, 29. That's his purpose for you. That we are conformed to the image of Christ, and that's the work that he's doing. Finally, in Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Those, of course, are rhetorical questions. And the answer is, well, of course he will. He'll make it good. He'll do it. He said it. Through the history of our church, we've seen him faithful. On two different occasions, back in 2008 and then in 2012, we had individuals, uh, men, and their families leave the church to begin, to begin another church. And neither one of them are Calvary chapels. Uh, and um, as they left, uh, they, they took a, a good portion of the church with them each, each time. And a number of leaders at that time as well. And the Lord was faithful to sustain us, to bring other people. I mean, other people stepped up to fill the to fill the voids, and and the Lord has been very faithful to us. You know, so many people over a thirty-year period of time, and and uh, much more over a fifty-year period of time. Right, Chuck? Have come and gone, come and gone. You know. Many people leave without even saying why they're going. They don't even say goodbye. Others leave and let you know why they left, and it's not a good thing. <laughs> and we call those blessed subtractions. <laughs> but God is faithful. God is faithful. But even with those kind of departures, we learn. We have to take it before the Lord. And it's like, Lord... 
I don't know, but Lord, is that true? You know, we have to do that. Sometimes it is, and sometimes it's not. But it's the Lord who determines it, not the person. It's the Lord who determines that for us. I think our most difficult trial probably has been this COVID thing since 2020. If you'd ever told me that we would shut down our church and not gather for Easter Sunday some, some year, I would have said, you are absolutely crazy. We won't do it again. But we did, thinking that it was the right thing to do. We honestly believed it was the best thing to do. Boy, it's, it's, it's been rough. Ever since then, the COVID thing's still going on, and absolutely not like it was in 2020 and into 2021 now, of course, but still going on. But God is faithful. He has sustained us. You know, as a result of the 2020 thing and, and COVID, you know, there were, if I'm remembering correctly, 25% of the churches across our country had to shut their doors. I believe it's 25%. Does that sound right, Chuck? You, yeah, yeah. Um, God held us together somehow. His faithfulness to us. That means that he's still got work for us. That means that he's still going to use us. That means that this is a place still where people will grow in the grace and in the goodness of God. We'll develop gifts and, and serve the Lord using those gifts. So, you've got 30 years behind us. Another at least 30 before us. Now, I don't think I'm going to be with you during those, those 30 years. We'll see what the Lord has. And I look around and I see a lot of gray hair and older faces, and you're saying, well, me neither. <laughs> but a number of you perhaps will. And we're going to see what God does. But He's faithful. He's going to use us. We look forward to that. And God, we just thank you for your faithfulness. And right now, Lord, we want to take some more time to worship you. We want to take some more time to thank and praise you for your faithfulness. God, you have indeed been so good to us. Every week you've provided a place that we could meet. Every week, Lord, you have brought people to, who, who are interested in worshiping you and hearing your word, receiving from you for their own personal growth and the way that they may be used by you. And every week, Lord, your spirit is with us and he does his work in our hearts. Lord, I pray that everyone here would have this thing in mind, the idea that, well, as I stated earlier, out of Romans 8, 29, Lord, that uh, is your purpose in our lives, that we would be conformed to the image of Christ. Everything you bring to us, everything you do for us, everything, everything that happens to us, Lord, is geared toward that. And God, in your faithfulness, we look forward to becoming more like him. 
even if it's painful. Because, Lord, it's our heart's desire that you would be glorified, that you would be honored. And so, Lord, glorify yourself in this church, in our individual lives, in our families. And, Lord, be glorified even now as we continue to praise and worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.